Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. The following program is presented by the Nerdy Show Podcast Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by A Comic Shop, Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination, and with the generous support of listeners like you. To learn how you can support this and other fine geek programming, visit nerdyshow.com. Hey, this is Neil Harbison from the Cyborg Foundation, and I'm listening to the Nerdy Show, and I'm also listening to the colors in front of me. Welcome to Nerdy Show, a weekly podcast dedicated to every facet of nerddom, from comics and video games to science and technology. If it's geeky, we've got it covered. I'm your host, Cap, and this is a Microsode 2-pack. Microsodes are where you, devoted listeners of Nerdy Show, support the network with your hard-earned cash and subsequently unlock the ability to decide what we talk about for 15 minutes. For this Microsode 2-pack, we're taking on two science and technology-related topics. Fans have asked us to talk about cybernetics, and also pose the question, the internet, how does it work? For our first topic, I'm joined by Brandon, John from Nerdy Show, and Jessica from Nerdy Show. All right, so back before he was a community manager here at Nerdy Show, Trench88, he wanted us to talk about cybernetics. So I turn, of course, to John and Jessica, our SciTech correspondents, and Brandon for comedic relief i'm just here to say <laughs> random crap that no one really cares about yeah i don't know anything about cybernetics i've seen ghosts in the shell that should be enough that's pretty good yeah there you go 90 percent of my knowledge in 1948 former child prodigy mathematician and philosopher norbert wiener that is his actual name defined cybernetics as the scientific study of control and communication in the animal and the machine this is right after world war ii right uh yeah norbert okay. wiener Which, of course, had a lot to do with cybernetics since the majority of the problems and realizations about it came about when they were trying to develop anti-aircraft tracking software, for lack of a better word, although it was not probably using anything close to that. Well, and don't forget the cybernetic suit that Hitler wore with those two chain guns and everything, and the Frankenstein with the gun in his stomach and all that, the cybernetic shit that hooked up to him. Yeah. Oh, and that clockwork ninja from Hellboy. Yeah, that all happened during World War II, so obviously cybernetics was a result of World War II. Yeah. They didn't have a name for it, but they sure used a lot of it back then. Aren't you glad I'm here on this segment? Yeah, this, so is, this is, uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm. Yes, here to fuck things up for you guys. Yep. Thank you. So, John and Jessica, I get a lot of correspondences from you guys about new, cutting-edge signs of the cybernetic sci-fi future that has long been foretold. And it's all on the way, isn't it? It's all happening. Well, there's Osimo, who's a robot who can walk downstairs by himself. So we're definitely getting started. If my legs are cut off, I can walk downstairs with these robot legs. So uh, I suppose it's that. Yeah. I don't think they can transplant the legs from, from Osimo onto you. 
It's his legs. Well, maybe he learns how to walk with them, and then I steal his legs, even, and then that's even, a hate crime. Osamoa's Os- been around for, like, years now. Can he hold a gun yet and shoot it? That really wouldn't oh. be hard. I was going to say there's no threat from robots, but just... Drones, drones, drones. Yeah. They're not really holding a gun. They're kind of just strapped on with a bunch of duct tape. And launching full tactical <laughs> missiles. And, yeah. and most importantly, cybernetics is when machine parts are working in tandem with human parts. No. Nope. No? Nope. 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 <laughs> nope. Okay. No, fuck you, no. Well, it's also a transdisciplinary approach that actually pertains to sociological studies as well. Is that what you're saying? Nope. Nope. But it is all, it is that. It is more that than first thing. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the really it's more the second about, thing than the first thing. It's pretty much about any system that has feedback loops in it, literally including biology, mechanics, and just literally anything you could think of that actually has a feedback loop system. Very unromantic. Okay. But that's probably not fun to talk about. So now that we've got that out of the way, we can- Application. Yeah. Yeah, what are they being used for right now? All of cybernetics. What's it being used for? Merging man and machine, uh, human computer interfaces. Basically, anytime you need to understand one of those systems to then abuse, hack, and manipulate it into your, uh, well, you know, slave. Because I've seen a lot of things recently where um, medical devices are, I don't know if it's cybernetic, but it's certainly border. Technically, if you have an artificial heart or even a pacemaker. Well, not even that. The doctors, when they're they're using mechanical arms and things in order to cut people open now and go in and do exploratory surgery. I don't know if that counts as cybernetic. It's like a robotic extension. It's not really cybernetic. I suppose it's like cybernetic. Nope. 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 Failed. (laughs) Nope. Okay, if I have a pacemaker, am I cyborg? Cyborg, not cybernetic. Oh, God damn it! What's the difference? <laughs> so well, that's what we're here to find out. Was like reading information about your body and actually adjusting itself to it. Then there might be a control feedback structure, and then it would be technically cybernetic. I mean, can't iPhones do that? Well, yeah, ironically enough, I guess you could theoretically have some sort of bizarre cybernetic iPhone, although once again, it's like, what is that even? Well, you carve out a little hole in your chest to make a docking port. (laughs) Literally, if you have a docking port. And and then you like you thread a headphone jack through your arm (laughs) and then, I don't know, stick it in your ear. Done. Cyborg. I think we're really more breaching the <laughs> cyberpunk discussion. <laughs> we went back to cyborgs, not cybernetics. Okay, sorry. Sorry. Cybernetics, right. I don't know if when Trench asked us, you know, talk about cybernetics, did he mean talk about the entire field of cybernetics, or did he mean talk about how cool it is when you stick a robot part on a person or an animal? I think he meant go on rants about nonsensical things like you can ask him, right? I think it's funnier when we just, you know, know he's nearby and then impose. He's watching it. He can't do anything about (laughs) this train wreck. He's He's in the next room going, geez, he's in a privileged position now where he's he's now our community manager and not just a fan, but a high functioning fan within the nerdy show structure. But now he's just as helpless as he was when he requested (laughs) this. All right, all right, Jessica, how do you feel about cybernetics? Go. How do I feel about it? Yeah, how do you feel about them? Um, well, I, actually, to be honest, I think it's fascinating in terms of science and just the studying and the thought of how humans and machines can communicate and interact with one another. So when thinking about the whole IBM Watson thing, which is also cool that they're open sourcing other random piece of knowledge. But I would say it makes me feel hopeful and excited for the future. Do you think that the Matrix movies are about cybernetics. Sort of, actually, I guess. I, I guess the question is, is human interaction with artificial intelligence cybernetics? Well, 
artificial intelligence, I guess, could technically fall under cybernetic. And John, please correct me if I'm wrong. Oh, no, that, that's completely yeah. right. Oh, I he mean, will. That's the whole point. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. All about <laughs> feedback loops. And of course, right. any good neural network has tons and tons of feedback loops as well as uh, neuronal structure. Uh, of course, it's kind of weird because sometimes you're trying to simulate like an, a huge number of neurons with one node. But the point of it is, is really, it's all about feedback loops. It's all about taking information in and predicting the future based on that. It's really predictions a huge part of cortical function and basically what we think of as humanity and and human versus, you know, barbaric insects or something. All right, John, you know about the new tiny micro transactions that are being done on the stock market with these really intelligent supercomputers that are predicting yes. the future? Does that fall under cybernetics? Yeah. Yeah, actually, those awesome. could definitely I got one right. But it all depends on how they decided to solve the problem. I actually wanted to go to school for cybernetics and then found out that it doesn't really exist, kind of. <laughs> That's weird. It's, Why uh, after after it was invented by Mr. Wiener in 1948? <laughs> sounds like a fake name, well, to be honest. I, I actually read a book on um, cybernetics and artificial intelligence or something. What they actually said was is that after World War II, and they, they had this crazy idea, this epiphany when they were working with these anti-aircraft guns that were basically supposed to predict the future location of an aircraft to blow it out of the sky. But but when they started like reducing friction, that kind of stuff, they wound up actually having the damn thing jitter all to hell. They realized that part of the control structure was actually causing diseases in this machine. And then it was uh. like, is there a medical equivalent? Well, yeah, you know, these uh, certain kinds of neurological damage, you could try to pick up a glass of water and then your hand would start shaking uncontrollably and result in everything on the ground. Have they tried hitting the machines with hammers? Yes, oh, of course. Yeah. That's the first thing you try when you suspect <laughs> a mechanical failure. I mean, that's what I do with humans. You just, you just fonds it. They also find a port and they try to blow on it like the old Nintendo cart. <laughs> <laughs> this gun isn't yes. acting right. Then they All reach right. for the Q-tips. Imagine, if you will, an intimate, borderline sexual intercourse between human and an artificial <laughs> being where you blow on their port slot. Yeah, if, any, if anyone's going to invent that or has invented it, it's Japan. It's like that deleted scene from Tron. There's yeah. a deleted scene from yeah, there, Tron? Yeah, there's a, there's a, there's, there's a deleted one? sex scene from Tron. Wait, wait, the original or the new? The original one. What? Yeah. Jeff Bridges? No, actually. Aww. It's um, Boxleitner. Oh, Boxleitron. We're basically talking about Chobits now where the on button <laughs> is like their clit. What? That's a thing. Yep, we've devolved is, into clit buttons. Is that a thing? That, that, that is pretty much a thing, although now I'm not 100% sure if it actually is the clit or basically having to jam your hands somewhere up in there. Our, our tech uh, is shaking his head yes, again, giving us the thumbs up. <laughs> Wait, what are you... Yeah, and there's some it's, hand signs. It looks pretty vaginal. Oh. It's the G-spot? So, yeah, okay. Chobits, guys, I don't know anything about it, but apparently, uh, apparently there's something to it. <laughs> Once again, Japan. Yeah. Once again, Japan. Well, since we've got anime experts on the network, let's go to Jonathan and Andrew from Wicked Anime for a brief explanation of the Chobit's clit button situation. She does have a button inside of her woman parts, and it's so that whenever it's pressed, her memories get reset and erased. And it's a subliminal or kind of a, a symbolic message as to saying that there can be love without sex. That's what the whole show is about. So there you have it. For more Wicked Awesome Anime Talk, head to nerdyshow.com slash wickedanime. Now back to cybernetics. John, you said there weren't any classes on cybernetics. What would someone who wanted to get into cybernetics actually start looking for? You would search for computational and systems biology, which is the closest kind of a thing to a cybernetics program for undergraduates. Do you have a book you'd recommend? Nope. <laughs> he, he would recommend the internet and Google. 
Okay. I, I well, that seems, more, that seems appropriate. This. Google search cybernetics. I recommend uh, Wikipedia, though, because that page is confusing as shit. But that's where yeah. I found out about Mr. Wiener. I've also <laughs> added a ton of false entries, so that's probably one of mine. Fun fact, the Wiener equation is named after him, <laughs> which, which is, of course, the mathematical representation of Brownie in motion. <laughs> I'm not even making this up. Is that a real thing? It is real. Hey, girl, you want to study my Wiener equation and we can check out Brownian motion? (laughs) I don't even know what that means. It assumes the current velocity of a fluid particle fluctuates randomly. What the fuck does that have to do with brownies? (laughs) Are you like brownie? Like, how is it spelled? Spelled brown and then Ian. Brownian. Oh, Brownian. Oh, I think you said brownie. Brownian movement. I'm like, well, it goes through my bowels it's a bra- i'm having a brownie movement that's the joke yeah we oh, spelled okay. it out now yeah, thanks <laughs> oh i get it guys so cybernetics okay so so it's anything it's a feedback loop it's an interface between machine and living creature and i suppose it's a term that is so broad it's as we develop things i don't know somewhat pointless does that make sense like because every everything will be interfacing at that point with nano machines and everything in the future that talking about cybernetics as a whole you would more address a cyborg or whatever terminology we well, and don't forget I get that, that living creatures are technically considered, I want to say, biological machines. So I'm not really right. sure what the line between that well, yeah, and once, non-biological once start talking machines about synthetic is. Rights. why there is computational and systems biology, because it's specifically the study of feedback loops in biology. And sort of more generally, it's really annoying, but that's the whole point, really, is that it, it's kind of a bit of a mess because it's kind of like thermodynamics. It has to do with everything. You know, you can take thermodynamics and go off on a tangent on evolutionary theory and why that works with the second law. I couldn't go off on a tangent. <laughs> I'm sure you, you could. I assure you I could not. I don't know that we're going to get to a definition here because I'm on the American Society of Cybernetics website and they have an entire foundation who is trying to define what cybernetics is. And they just have a collection of great definitions that they think might represent cybernetics. Why don't we make a nerdy show definition right here and now, set a precedent, make our own definition for cybernetics? Robots. Done. I don't. <laughs> that's not a good definition uh, yeah, at all. That's pretty terrible. That's anyway, uh, uh, it, it, it actually is almost perfect because it implies <laughs> that the machine responds to its surrounding and changes its behavior accordingly. All right, done. Which is ultimately the the large definition there of <laughs> using these systems to change future behavior. The official nerdy show. Behavior definition of cybernetics well, there Robots. you have it we'll also link to that uh website that jess just mentioned and that is what we've got to say about cybernetics <laughs> thank you trench 88 for your continued support i hope you regret it <laughs> be sure to check out this episode's page for links to all the stuff we've been talking about moving on to our next topic john and jess are sticking around and brandon is saying adios but we're also joined by Doug from Ghostbusters and Nerdy Show. Boar from Derpy Show. And we're going to talk about the internet. How does it work? This topic is brought to you by Viral Demon. So, I mean, obviously there's the series of tubes response. That's <laughs> the standard response at this point. Yeah, yeah. Just to explain everything in, the, in terms of plumbing. Or there's also the giant Linksys router, as South Park taught us. Ah, yes. <laughs> yeah. yes. Or, or just the box the with a button on it, right? Yes, of yes, course. All, yes, from the <laughs> IT crowd. My favorite. My personal favorite. The, the internet whole internet is, wireless is in there. As if the internet weighs anything. <laughs> <laughs> 
Has anybody calculated the weight of the internet? Oh, God. Well, how would you calculate it's that? It's got to be all the infrastructure that it takes for it to work, including the servers. <laughs> but is that truly the internet, or is that just the energy it takes to run it? Whereas if you were to, say, print everything on the internet onto paper, should that be the weight of the internet? Or How would you ink? print a, a video of a dog? Frame by frame, man, or disassemble it into binary. But what do you do with the audio, then? Like, I mean, how do I'll you... Put it in binary. Everything into binary and print it out. One time, back around, say, the Windows 98 period, I remember a photo Bill Gates took of him suspended up a very, very tall tree with a stack of paper, which represented the entirety of the code from Windows. And that was just one bullshit program that's quite old right. now. I think we're fucked. If, yeah. if, if for that some, was like four floppy disks. If for, <laughs> some re- if for some reason a demon taxes us with the chore of cataloging the internet in binary, you can kiss the surface of the earth goodbye. Yeah, yeah. Or it would stack form. all the way to the moon a few times. Yeah. And there'd be no more trees. <laughs> like halfway through the project at least think of the trees (laughs) but it is a little ironic that i am on the internet right now i honestly do not know how it works can someone explain does anyone here know you don't know how the internet works in what facet like i can explain pretty much anything you want as long as you can tell me what part of it you don't get okay like i know i put my computer on i open up the web browser it allows me to access other computers let's start with the basics like what happens when you type in google.com for example is that something that you don't know what happens if i go if i go to google's website and I say search for nerdy show, it then pulls up the results. That's a little bit more complicated of a question than just retrieving like a basic web page, which is sort of hard enough to explain as it is. Oh, you mean like the top results? If you start trying to explain search engines, that adds a level of complexity to it because then you have to explain how Google works. Let's start with the basics yeah. of, yeah, of just how, ba- how just you pull basic. up a web page. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so what happens when you type in google.com? As soon as you hit enter, what happens is your computer has to ask, what is Google.com? Where is that? So it sends your request to what's called a DNS server. And your computer basically asks, hey, where's Google.com at? And then the DNS server replies to you and says, it's at this IP address, like 8.8.8.8. If, well, that's actually a DNS address, but eight. Isn't that one of Google's DNS yeah, it's a, servers? It's a Google <laughs> DNS server. So first, so on first you so ask, <laughs> I can't do it with cap here. <laughs> okay, so then once your computer has the IP address of Google.com, your computer then sends a request to that IP address and says, hey, what do you got? And then Google's like, all right, here's everything that I have set up at Google.com. So then it throws you the code for what renders that screen. Into your browser. Right, into your browser. <laughs> So, so that's Google. sort of that's sort of a really watered down <laughs> basic version of it. But, you know, in the meantime, your request is going through first it starts at your computer and then it goes to your home router and then jumps through a series of, of routers, a, a lot of a lot of tubes. The way I always understood it so to keep my own sanity was it's computers talking to other computers saying what you got for me show me what you got well the thing is between your computer and that dns server or google.com that i mentioned there's probably about 80 different infrastructure yeah so each time that your request goes from one hop to the next it has to ask that router hey how do i get to 8.8.8.8.8 so i can ask google like where google is and then you know it has to do that negotiation every single time basically which is fun there's A lot that happens when you type in something on the internet. Should we break down like how the IP addresses actually work? You could do a whole class on that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, we want this episode <laughs> yeah. to be, I mean, it's, it's already been informative, but we also well, want it to be fun. Let, let, me, let me put it this way. <laughs> Will it ever get easier to understand? No. No. It's, no. it's increasing in complexity all the time. Yeah, yeah it's, it sounds like it's I just it's explained a how it worked in it's 1997. World... <laughs> <laughs> well, what, okay. about, what about Web 2.0? When, when, someone, when someone calls it, <laughs> what does it the even web... Mean? 
I don't think they truly understand how much of a web it actually is. I mean, if you look at the map of simply the action of retrieving Google from your computer and you see the map and the dotted line goes up from one end and over to the other, all across coasts and so on, and then you watch all the other networks and servers, it turns into a web so dense and so thick, it's impenetrable. You know, like the, the entire planet is surrounded internally and externally with these And metaphorically. And yeah, it's entrenched. It's only going to get more dense and more dense to the point of like, I've read science fiction stories where there's been the old web buried beneath the surface of what the modern equivalent of the web is and all the different corners you could go to. Like you can still go to corners of the internet that are inaccessible to the normal person that would Are you eat. talking about old protocols like gopher and waste and you know stuff like that? Things and like that. Things that I'm I'm hardly even qualified to talk about. Yeah. Like so, the deep web? Sure. Like Silk Road? <laughs> yeah. The deep web. Unless we get blanked out by a solar flare, we've got a system on our hands that's beautiful and how wildly it spins out of control. It's a cocoon of information that we've woven. And there's no bugs in it. I mean there's there's e-worms, but but they're not gross like spiders. All right, what's another thing that, that we can explain? Do we want to talk about, like, routers and how they work? Wait, are we talking about, like, router routers or... Yeah, or, or internet hookup. <laughs> like, what just happened there? Yeah. He just yeah. kind of totally why is out. the internet so shitty? Well, that's a complex question, Doug. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it all goes back to AOL. Not Netscape or... No, it's AOL's fault, all of it. Is it? I mean, is it is the real question, is it? No. Okay. <laughs> Nowadays you could actually probably blame the the state of the internet on like telephone companies. That's true. If I had enough money, could I get a Wi-Fi signal that could never crap out on me? Uh, like, are you not talking even about just weather. being able to wander around your house successfully? Yeah, and it would just like, never crap out. Oh yeah, easily. Like ever? Except, you know, you if you were in a Faraday cage or uh, any other electrical interference, including microwave. That's what I mean. Something that will withstand any other problem. Like yeah, if, if you, you know. got a few thousand bucks okay. coming into your house, I can set that up. That's no problem. In addition to that, we could also theoretically look to quantum connections, perhaps. What's a quantum connection? Oh. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. No, that's the point. There isn't one. <laughs> is that what they talked about in Mass Effect? That's how they communicated on yeah, Normandy? Yeah, it, uh, it was a well, quantum, quantum entanglement. Yeah. Like, and they, they had to do point to point, um, which is kind of funny because then they had to like, I really love in Mass Effect how thoroughly they developed out their completely unbelievable technologies. Um, <laughs> they actually have arrays where all the quantum communicators are so that they can then communicate non-quantumly between them. Why would you want to communicate non-quantumly? Quantum sounds so fast. 
because quantum is only point to point yeah, and so as a like, result you could never talk to anyone else like, it's, it's like, basically like, like, like uh, it would be like a, a tin can yeah that's exactly uh, how i was yeah. going to explain it it's like i could only ever talk to whoever's on the other end of that thing how about this question so internet wi-fi whatever dial up we've, we've seen it all <laughs> okay. what about this thing uh google fiber is this going to be different? Never even heard of this shit. Google Fiber is, I mean, it's just going to be a fatter, a fatter pipe to your house. Basically. It's just a fatter like, tube. That yeah, we... it's just a fatter tube feeding you the internet juice. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's really, you know, the best way to dumb it down. Okay, no, that's that paints a and picture. And that only covers, you know, like the last, I think they call it like the last mile of the connection. So it'd only be you to your ISP. And then beyond that, it's all up to how good of a connection that you get to that other point, which I guess is an interesting thing to talk about. You can have the best internet connection that your ISP offers, like, you know, 100 megabit up and down. But why can't I watch this YouTube video? You right, know, that right. happens all the time because I used to do internet tech support and I, I used to get that question all the time. Like, why can't I watch this YouTube video? Well, my internet's crappy. And I'd be like, <laughs> well, can you get to other things okay? And then, yeah, I can get to other things just fine. But Sorry, I call YouTube. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> call up YouTube. Actually, that's not a bad thing to do, although the problem probably lies somewhere else in the web. You know, it's just one of those points in between you and them can be down or not functioning optimally. Well, it's the weakest or... chain, really, right? Like exactly. the slowest That's exactly path what is it the is. fastest speed that you have. Exactly. So what's the future internet going to be like? Like 20 years from now, is it basically going to be the same thing except with even fatter tubes? Um, yeah, I think, you know, what we're doing right now, it seems like is just we're replacing all of the old infrastructure or getting rid of as much of the copper as we can and switching it over to fiber optics and more of the cable internet because cable's pretty fast. But I hope everything starts going towards fiber optics. I think what's going to happen is that the veil of bullshit and propaganda that Rob's been fed and is now regurgitating to us will be lifted and will be revealed <laughs> That, of course, it's been magic all along. We've simply been tapping into the ley lines, the communication networks of the ancient druids. You know, actually, um, not too long ago, I saw this, it was like a Kickstarter campaign or something. They were trying to raise money to get an internet connection that didn't rely on conventional means. Like, it was completely out in space. They were trying to say that, oh, this will be free internet for everybody in, like, foreign countries. But the only problem with that is communication between us and space is kind of crappy. So what it is. this whole project was and, and everybody was like rallying behind it like, oh, yeah, we got to get free Internet to the whole world and, you know, out to the third world countries and whatnot. But all it was is, you know, just a satellite that sits up there and just beams down Wikipedia every two hours or something like that. It was basically just a one directional, like just a large external hard drive, basically, Here's the that, that would just slowly beam down stuff and that you would have a, you know, like a tablet or something that would just load it. They every, didn't have occasionally. a large enough amplification crystal. And no one was praying to it. <laughs> so. All right. Well, thanks for they derailing they, the conversation. They forgot the part Cap. about the child sacrifice. They forgot that part. That's not necessary. That's that's old school, man. That that's the old net that was pulled oh, up and the uprooted. Old magic, not and the new magic. Right. It's all about mining materials. We we can mine the proper crystals now. We can buff them into the proper I've, sheen. I've got a I've got a really serious question here. Why am I the one from Derpy Show and you're the one from Nerdy Show? <laughs> <laughs> Is it not opposite day? It it seems like it. Well, it is. I'm going to find a way to work dicks in here somehow. <laughs> That's what she well, said. There are a lot of dicks on the internet, so... That's true. How does the dick get from me to all of the people on chat roulette? <laughs> Can you imagine holographic chat roulette and all the 3D peens that'll be popping up? Didn't they do that in uh, uh, Logan's Run? <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what that was, wasn't it? 
I don't know. Holographic jazz, yeah. I really hope stuff like the Oculus Rift takes off. That could be big for... Oh, then you can explore the web like Michael Douglas and Disclosure? I mean, it could be a boon for, you know, uh, internet pornography could be much more immersive, as well as video games and, and you know, websites, I guess. <laughs> yeah, John, Jess, and I actually discussed that in an episode of Nerdy Show earlier this year, and we'll link to it on this episode's page. Uh, John, you, you had a lot to say on the matter. It was uh, pretty impressive. Uh, this random scantily clad woman slinked up towards me. I was, I think I was viewing it on my phone so I could actually cross my eyes and get 3D. It was uh, pretty, pretty terrifying. Imagine <laughs> but this, it's a thing already. Imagine this scenario. You put on your groinal attachment. Oh, he's going into teledildonics. It's one of my favorite topics. <laughs> we could have a whole microsode on that. You, you put on your Oculus and then like the program, you just press the button and you wake up and something's having sex. You open your eyes like, Oh man, it's a surprise every time. You don't know what's going to be happening. Genital rape That's monster. That's the future again. of so, It's like Harry Potter, any so flavor beans, right? Like digital, <laughs> digital rape. <laughs> Except for porn. It's rape roulette. You don't know if you're doing something to whom. You don't know if something's doing something to you. You just wake up and... and, and Let's roll the dice. Yeah, you see what's happening. That's the future of the internet. That's how it works. Money in the bank. Cha-ching! Wake up and an old man's giving you a foot job. It's great. <laughs> My feet are nice and wrinkly. Pleasanger had actually uh, posted a thing on the inner Twitters about a group that's actually come up with this loony kind of idea where it sounded like a sort of distributed server network for the future virtual reality internet where each server would sort of hold kind of like a part of the graphical engine that was running all the rest of it. And they apparently stress tested up to, I don't know, like 10 million visitors simultaneously. Oh, like cluster computing basically well it's like cluster computing but with the emphasis towards a actual 3d crazy future web like on futurama or something like how that's how they sort of now my problem with all that stuff is is you know we have second life right well that's an entire 3d world whatever the hell and so then you wind up with how many different 3d worlds are there going to be it's almost like because we want them we're going to sort of fuck around until we wind up with basically facebook conglomerate walking in you know and being like well this is the real 3D internet as opposed to the other spinoffs. I got a final question we can end on. Okay. Will quantum computing make the internet easier or quicker? Will that change in any way or will that only help the computing power? It'll help the computing power, which will help the speed, I think is the correct answer. I wonder if you could actually use it to do like insane levels of compression on data. Yeah, perhaps, but... I mean, that's the real problem. Quantum computing immediately, it's like it is almost impossible to talk about within the reference of normal computing because of how wacky it is. Yeah, because yeah. the way I had it explained to me was regular computing is binary, zero, one. That's it. It's either one or the other. Quantum computing is because there's particles that are here and also not here. Yeah. You have zero, one or definites. Then you have something that's not zero and not a one at the same time. So it's like a third thing. Yeah, it's it's really difficult to wrap your mind around, especially in this episode. That's why I figured it'd be perfect to talk about with nerdy show people. <laughs> you basically write in a sort of problem into a quantum computer and then it kind of collapses simultaneously into the answer and so does this episode (laughs) there you go so we're gonna end with foot jobs right (laughs) foot jobs from galdap thank you so much viral demon (laughs) i've spent my dream to give a foot job through virtual internet my toes are wrinkly from the bath and from the old age and the jaundice goodbye (laughs) mind the corns that's enough from galdap and say goodbye to john and jess but uh doug and boar are still here and it's a win it oh yeah all night long baby and we should mention the derpy show which 
Boris host of is back in action. Were we ever really gone? Well, not from our hearts, but uh, but yeah, you were off the air for a while. On and off. But if you go to derpyshow.com or nerdyshow.com slash derpyshow, you can check out the latest podcasts and videos from those guys, and uh, they're, they're coming back on a regular schedule and with awesome new videos on an intermittent schedule, but uh, keep an eye out for them. Yeah, we've been really pounding down that Metamucil, and we are much more regular now. <laughs> In uh, other Nerdy Show-affiliated uh, news, Wicked Anime are launching some events. They just recently concluded their first Monster Hunter Weekend, which is a monthly thing they're doing where they're getting together with fans and playing Monster Hunter 4. We'll link to where you can find out how to get in on that next time it comes around on this episode's page. And also, if you're in Orlando, the Wicked Anime Boys of Boston are coming here to A Comic Shop's Geek Easy to put on their live hardcore anime panel. This is something that's been huge at Anime Boston and other conventions. In fact, at the most recent Anime Boston, it was so overfilled they had to have crowds dispersed outside because they wanted in so bad and were chanting, apparently. So that's happening Saturday, June 27th in Orlando at a comic shop and the Geek Easy, and they've converted their panel into a drinking game. So if you're 21 and up, you can get an even more hardcore anime experience. Next week on Nerdy Show, be sure to stay tuned because we have another listener-requested topic, and this is one of those episodes that's gotten a bit out of hand. I was joined by Chan from Derpy Show, as well as Brandon, and we, um, we went out to Tampa to talk with Brian Nobbs of The Nasty Boys about professional wrestling. Then uh, we, uh, we actually we wrestled him. It's not just going to be a podcast coming next Monday, but it's also going to be video content, including a video version of the podcast, as well as footage of these mysterious strangers, the Pink Mage and the Terror Bird, newcomers who challenged Brian Nobbs in the ring. I've got a question. Was there yeah, any Nobbs yeah. touching? Yeah, of, of a sort. Of a sort, yes. Yes, um, and uh, we were unfortunately uninformed about the trademark move of the Nasty Boys, which I won't spoil for you, but um, had we known, we may have reconsidered this whole thing. Was it a prostate tickling? Only slightly less invasive. <laughs> <laughs> Was there like an old school challenge before the fight where you grab the mic and you shout into the camera about what you're going to see them later and you're going to take the title from them and all that fun stuff oh yeah there were some promos there were some promo spots nice it's the whole nine yards and it's actually a part of a ongoing uh, partnership we've just started with a up-and-coming network on youtube the nerd nation network so uh, you're gonna be seeing more video content from nerdy show coming out through them if you're not informed, we got we to gotta let you guys know there's an app for Nerdy FM, our 24-7 nerd music radio station, nerdy.fm. Maybe you've been listening to it for the past couple of years. You've been enjoying our curated selection of all the best nerd music in all the respective genres. Well, now we have an app for Apple and Android so you can listen to Nerdy FM anywhere conveniently, and it actually has more features than the website does. We'll have a link to where you can check it out on this episode's page. And we had some recent article content, I feel uh, it should be mentioned in case you guys haven't seen it, on nerdyshow.com. We were so excited by the announcement that Nintendo was partnering with Universal Studios for a, a theme park. We're not sure where yet. We put out a comprehensive article containing a little bit of uh, informed speculation as to how it might be going down, where this park might be happening, as well as our pitches to Universal Studios should they need some help as to what kind of rides we think they should be making themed off of Nintendo properties. And also, Jess recently put out a travel article about her visit to Hobbiton in New Zealand. So you can check both of those out on nerdyshow.com, and we'll have links on this episode's page. But if you 
dear listener, or someone you know is an author and would like to contribute to Nerdy Show, we want to team up with you. We've launched an open call for contributors to the Nerdy Show Network for writing. You can get all the information and fill out the application form at nerdyshow.com slash contributors. Or else. Yeah. <laughs> but seriously, you should totally do it. If you got writing skills, we would love to hear from you. Now, uh, something that I don't think, as a result of our recent Lightning Dogs episodes, we had a chance to talk about, we hit our most recent milestone on Patreon. And it's a delicious one. Oh, yes. It's a big one. You guys generously contributed $700 a month, and that hit the Pizza Party Milestone. That's a cute and, and yes, indeed, delicious name for what is a, a momentous occasion, because for the first time ever, we're able to give back to all the shows who contribute on the network. Derpy Show, Ghostbusters Resurrection, and all the other shows that we put out all get a very modest monthly payment so they can put that towards purchasing new equipment for their shows or even just buying some food. Yeah, it's enough to feed at least half a dozen boars or one Robo Joe. <laughs> you guys brought us to a level we've never been able to be at before. It is a truly momentous occasion for the Nerdy Show Network, and it's all thanks to you because we're listener-supported, which leads us to two other things. One... We hit this amazing milestone because of one incredible contributor who was a producer and then gave us additionally so much money, we had to create a new support tier on Patreon just for him. Kaolis is now an executive producer of Nerdy Show. We're extremely grateful. Please welcome our new overlord, Kaolis, who's providing the network with the ability to feed the poor, starving, hungry derps of derpy show and uh, i was gonna ask is he our boss but you said overlord so i think that answers that question well yeah, i think he that means he owns our souls now something to that degree we're definitely in his debt well along with everybody else who's supporting us on patreon thank you guys so much if you would like to subject us to any of your whims in the form of a nerdy show microsode we will talk about what you want us to talk about and as we're a listener supported network the way you do that is by backing us on patreon at patreon.com slash nerdy show there's a number of tiers, and many of those tiers relate to how many opportunities you get in our monthly drawing to win yourself a microsode. So head to patreon.com slash nerdyshow and join in on the fun, having us talk about whatever you want us to talk about. Of course, Patreon isn't the only way to support. If you can't afford a monthly fee and you shop on Amazon, don't forget, nerdyshow.com slash Amazon. Just follow the links, click through, and anything you add to your cart from that point on will give a little bit back to Nerdy Show. No extra money from you, and uh, Amazon pays us, actually, which is incredible. So please take advantage of that if you shop on Amazon. Before we go, we got some additional shout-outs, both pertaining to Amazon, I might add. One is a forum message from Cerebral Paladin, who says, I started listening just before you started Dungeons & Doritos. So that's going way back. A long time ago, yeah. Yeah, that's fall of 2009. Been a long time fan and love the network. I'm especially a fan of D&D, Derpy Show, Epic Podcast, and of course, State of the Empire. This guy has really great taste. I just want to point that out. I know, right? He said, I don't buy on Amazon often, but when I do, I make sure it's through your link. Today, I just bought my newest badass gaming rig, and I did it through Amazon to show you some love. Keep doing what you guys do best, and hopefully, this will keep the lights on. It definitely will, yeah. Yeah, thank you so much, Cerebral Paladin. That is amazing. Our dearly beloved Temsu also wrote in, he said, hi there, Nerdy Show. Got to do some fun shopping on Amazon after linking from you and thought I'd share my activity. First, I have one or two good books to read on my summer vacation. Reign of the Ghosts, Volume 1 and 2? Check. Some doohickey I have to buy if I want to put a hard drive on my replacement PS3 Go? 
Check, check. Also, finally got to expose some of my friends to the podcast. You might like this. I got to drive them to the Avengers last week, and I put on Food Crawl. It was a hit. The surprise for me? The wife's very positive reaction to the Vegeta Dentata cake. I knew it made an impact after they mentioned having their own food baby after dinner. And one more segue. Hashtag Bacon Memories. I get to go to the Loveless Cafe this weekend. That's a pretty intense foodorific message. If you're unfamiliar, Food Crawl is an episode we released recently where myself and Colin and Brandon and Denica all went on a 13, 14 restaurant. I can't remember how many at this point. It's all days. Food binge where we ate at all these restaurants in one trip in one night and recorded the whole thing. It was a crazy adventure. And the other thing is a Loveless Cafe in Nashville, Tennessee was one of the uh, places we stopped at when we did our listener requested bacon episode that culminated in our video production of Nerdy Mealtime, where we joined up with the Proto Men to create a Supreme Pizza Star Destroyer and a Rebel Tockade Runner. And then we also did a podcast segment where we, uh, we went to Loveless Cafe, where they make their own bacon, and, uh, and talked to them about that process. So uh, that's awesome, Temsu. Thank you so much. Thank you again to Cerebral Paladin. Thank you to our new executive producer, Kaolis. And uh, thank you for listening to this episode of Nerdy Show. Taking us out, here's a track by The Double Clicks. It's from their 2012 record, Chainmail and Cello. This is the Internet National Anthem. Bye, I'm Cap. Bye, I'm Doug. And bye, I am still bore, but not stillborn. <laughs> or uh. still. Uh. When we were but scared nerds adrift on the blue, we spotted this land and we instantly knew the wildest of chances, the grandest of views Are here in this land made for me and for you The internet, the internet The place where we find others of our own kind The internet, the internet Where networks and servers bring us intertwined. Our people are various, often hilarious, and some more vicarious. But all are welcome here. Our justice is just, and the culture robust. It can sometimes disgust, but at least we are free on the internet. Internet, we give to our country our love and our pride. The internet, the internet, we don't need approval of those from outside. In every endeavor, we'll be here forever, no matter whatever the other world thinks of the internet. For listening to Nerdy Show. If you like what you heard, please rate and review us on iTunes or like and follow us on SoundCloud. As listener supported entertainment, we rely on you to keep this and other shows on the Nerdy Show Network alive by telling a friend or funding the network via Patreon. 
Any size contribution gets you exclusive outtakes, episodes, and images from across the network, and there's even more perks available. Just head to patreon.com slash nerdyshow. To find out how you or your company can underwrite this or other Nerdy Show programming, visit nerdyshow.com slash sponsorships. You can subscribe to Nerdy Show via iTunes and SoundCloud. Leave a comment, like and share, and follow Nerdy Show on all your favorite social networks. For more podcasts, articles, community forums, and other awesomeness, visit nerdyshow.com. If it's geeky, we got it covered. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 